Welcome to ASAP Weekly again. A solo boxer saint experience. This is supposed to be a duo episode. Lazaro called me, said, hey, you know, here's the standard window that we're going to use to record. And I said, I'll clear my schedule. I'll make it. What topics do you want to discuss? And then he gets in and he starts talking about campaigns. And he starts talking about offline stuff. He starts talking about lobby games. He starts talking about, you know, Rome campaigns. And, you know, you guys know me. I'm a patient guy. But I just couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. I said, look, if you're bringing in the saint, you know, if you're carving out my time, if you're carving out your time to get me on your episode, don't don't waste it. You know, don't waste my energy. Don't waste my uh, competitive spirit on campaigns. I know a lot of you guys like campaigns. I know statistically, most RTS gamers, there are there. They're campaign type guys, you know, non-competitive, non, uh, non-aggressive types. And that's fine. I respect it. You make the, the backbone of the community. I think you could say the same thing for, um, you know, NFL fans, for basketball fans in the NBA, for Major League Baseball fans, for whatever it is soccer guys do the premier league the champion league i don't know what they i don't know what they do over there i'd say those folks are pretty casual you know you're nobody's suiting up to go play with messi nobody's uh throwing pads on and trying to get out there with with tom brady or bright or lacquer okay nobody's strapping up the jordans and trying to go toe to toe with LeBron James, you know, that's, that's not the guys. That's not the guys that are watching. But if you get a LeBron, if you get a Tom Brady, if you get them on the show, you know, if you get messy on the show, on your talk show to talk about sports, uh, you don't ask them their opinions of the local rec league. You don't ask them what they think about intramural basketball. It's obviously a waste. It's not what the people want to hear from a LeBron James. And, uh, yeah, so I say that to say by way of introduction, of course, we're, we're not talking about campaigns. So I tell, I tell Lazaro, I'll handle this one, find somebody else to talk about campaigns with, with all due respect, you know, somebody who can do that justice. I, LeBron James doesn't know anything about the local rec leagues. You know, he's not hanging out at the YMCA. Likewise. Don't really know what's going on with the campaigns in my life. I fire this game up um, straight to ranked every time. You know, I'm, I don't even know if I had to find the campaigns in Age of Empires 2, I would struggle. I'd struggle just to know where the screen is. So that's uh, that's what today's going to look like. We're gonna we're gonna do normal work through the map reviews. Okay, I know you guys I get questions constantly. Constantly asking Discord questions. This is really just a courtesy for myself. Go through the maps so you guys can all hear together my thoughts, my strategies, my plans. Um, it just saves me from having to type this out, having to copy-paste it over and over, day in, day out, every time the maps change. Okay, so we'll go over the map reviews. There's some bug fixes I want to bring up that have impacted competitive play. Uh, King of the Desert, I'm going to refer to that as Cody from here moving forward. That's the acronym, K-O-T-D. Even just saying KOTD is too long. Cody. So Cody and final analysis, um, that tournament wrapped up. We'll see what happened. Uh, I will talk about Return of Rome from a competitive perspective. We missed it last episode. We were supposed to talk about it, Duke and I. We just didn't fit it in. So that's the plan. We'll see where it goes. This is a one shot. This is a one and done. You know, the the time you guys spend listening, that's the time I spend recording. The exact same time. You know, this isn't... 
This is an edit here, cut there. No, this is a straight shot. You get what you get. We're in and we're out. Okay. Navy SEAL type podcasting. And that's how the show will go. Hope you look forward to the campaign stuff next week, but we're not doing that today. This is uh, the biggest flex. <laughs> we have boxer safety. Good reaction by boxer. And here's the right move from boxer. In boxer's favor. Boxer safety. Uh, we've got a douche town center scenario. Oh my goodness, I just saw it. This uh, is the biggest flex <laughs> in the decider of a show match. Gonna get CJ with the castle age douche. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. We have the biggest flex, 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 flex. That's even live. Just listen to that as as you were. I do apologize. This was supposed to be a live streamed episode, the first ever. A um, lot of lot of issues with OBS right now for me personally. I don't know if anybody else out there is streaming, struggling with that. Do not upgrade to the new OBS. It's a minor version update, and they just tossed every one of my uh, plugins. So everything's a little bit off. Every every letter, every scene that I have, just not quite right. I'm looking at it right now. Not happy with it. So we'll get that cleaned up and uh and get back to streaming as well as as doing this episode. You know, these boxer episodes live on Twitch. Um constantly getting phone calls and emails. Where are you at? When are you streaming next? I know, I know. We'll get there. We'll get back in in shape. First things first, though. Map reviews. As I record this, I just came out of Discord with the boys, and I'm hearing that the new maps are out today. Uh, I don't even know if I've voted on these. We really need to coordinate, you know, with the podcast. We need to coordinate our votes so we can get these maps right. Because uh, I don't, I don't think the community quite understands how the voting works and they're, and they're really giving us some, some bad maps. Looking at the one V ones, Arabia, mega random arena. Obviously those are there. Um, hideout, African clearing, coastal, frigid lake. Those are the ones we'll talk about. Frigid lake first. Oh, I just, I just, I just joined Q. That's not what I wanted to do. That would have that would have cost me some elo. Um, it's just a natural reflex, you know. Just boom, boom, sign in, get the get the queue, get get logged in, uh, start seeing who's gonna who's gonna lose to me. Uh, all right, Frigid Lake, pull the you pull the game out. This one's interesting. Your town center is sitting on what do they call these shallows or, or marsh or swamp? Duh. Basically, you cannot build for. One, two, three, four, five, about five or six tiles out from your TC. Yeah. About five, five to six tiles out from your TC, you can't build anything. So you're not putting farms here. Um, that's mostly what's going around your TC, but nothing, nothing's going in. In lieu of that, though, you do have two deep fish right next to your, t to your TC. So that's going to be... It's going to pull in 450 food for you pretty quick. So you'll drop your houses like normal and then get onto those fish. Uh, sheep are going to be the same number. So two, four, six, eight sheep total. And one boar. Keep that in mind. The boar is 340. The fish more than make up for the missing boar, but you're only going to have to do one boar pool. It's going to make this a strained map. You do have berries, and there are no 
deer that you can push. There are deer on the map. Um, looks like eight total. Six to eight. But they're in mid. They're not anything that you can hold in. Uh, the other thing in mid, there's more deep fish. Some of them are in swamps, so you could drop some mills and go get them. Uh, and then there's mm, some shore fish and some deep fish that you'd have to actually make fishing boats to go get. I don't know that they're worth the investment, honestly. I might, I might mill mid. If you get a good meal in mid, let me see. Duck. You really can't place it on the fish. You're going to be walking. If you mill the deer in mid, you could probably also grab some, some of the deep fish out of the swamps. So that's not terrible. As far as gold set up, you've got your main gold. You've got your, your stone. There's a, f a fair amount of stone on this map. I don't know what it compares to Arabia. Um, but looks like most of it's going to be on your side of the map. So kind of mid, mid map on either side towards the edge of the map. There's not a lot of resources. Um, we haven't talked about wood lines. The wood lines are pretty decently wallable, kind of like better than King of the Desert, Cody, Arabia. So you, you could wall up, you could wall up in fast castle. If you, if you were so inclined. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I'd recommend it, but you could. You could if you wanted to. Alright, what sieves? What sieves and what openings? You're pretty, you're pretty close together. Um, these TCs feel pretty close. So, I think early French Drush, which is for the uninitiated. Uh, two militia right at the end of Dark Age, hitting after you get to feudal, so that way your scout's a little bit upgraded. So the French Drush is not going to be bad here. Um, militia Drush in general, men at arms, early archers. I, th I think this will be a feudal map. I do not think this is going to, despite the wall ability, I do not think this is going to be a fast castle map. Um, yeah, I think I would do early pressure. Like I said earlier, get that meal out of here and grab some some ibex or some deer first and then go after those fish second. Doing that behind your early pressure I think will get you pretty far ahead of your opponent. It'll definitely delay your farms coming up so you can put more in the military. So that's it. That's I think that's how I'm gonna play that map. Early early feudal pressure and try to get out and grab that food in mid while you're still fighting. Keep some defensive units around your villagers. If your opponent's opening archers, keep a few skirms on those forward vills. Your opponents going scouts, keep a few spears back there. If they're smart, they're gonna avoid your pressure and try to hit you at home. Some of you guys know what that sound is. I, I obviously uh, don't hear that too often. All right, what was our other map? We'll do one more. I'm not going to tell you about hideout. You know how to do hideout. I feel like we've had African clearing enough that you guys can figure that one out. Coastal. Coastal's kind of new. We don't see coastal a lot. My voice is already going here. Coastal. All right, coastal. Kind of, it's not a nomad start, but I'm getting nomad-esque feelings. You know, there's some water around the edges. Um, some sections have more fish than others. There's a few ponds in the center. I would not recommend fishing them. There's not a lot of fish. So this will be a this will be a hybrid opening. You know. Uh, my hybrid openings are usually, let me think how I do that. On Nomad, I usually go five straight to wood, and then I get my dock down. But here, I think I would recommend the standard six to food, and then I would go five to wood. 
Villager number 12, so if you've got five on wood, villager number 12 needs to go out and drop your first dock. It's hopefully on some shore fish that that villager can then take. Um, yeah, contest water on the way up to feudal, get you a second dock. As soon as you're in feudal, start making fires or galleys, whatever is your taste. You might even go a third dock once you're in feudal, if you really, really want to take water. Walling is going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure I saw a coastal gen where an opponent of mine was able to completely wall me out with like five tiles of, of palisades. This one that I'm looking at, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, you could probably wall the enemy out with 20 or 30 tiles, but it's going to be a, a wide, a wide wall. But there are a few choke points you can take advantage of here. Yeah, this is going to be a hybrid opening. Six to six to food, five to wood. After that, send one veil to make a dock and start alternating that veil. You know, make a fish, fishing ship and then have that same veil build a house once you've got res. And then flip-flop back and forth until you're into uh, feudal. There are two boar. There are... That's the plural, right? Boar? Boars. Sounds weird. There are eight sheep, berries, a couple of deer you can push. So in that regard, this is a standard map. Um, yeah. Get some walls down, fight for water. I don't think you'll see a ton of land aggression really until castle. Let's get out of this. All right. On to the hot fix. As those of you who play quite a bit, I've realized there's a lot of bugs right now. That's the talk of the town. That's the talk of Reddit up until they went private a few days ago um, because of solidarity on something something about Reddit. I'm sure it's important. Um, but yes, everyone's talking about the bugs. The devs mentioned specifically a bunch of bugs they're working on and they're aware of. And... Um, They've made a couple of, of fixes. So you can find the hotfix notes online on the ageofempires.com website. I'm going to go through here and tackle a few that stand out to me that have really been frustrating. Um, there's quite a few fixes for campaigns. I'm going to leave that to Lazero. It's He can better speak to that kind of issue. Um, here's one. Fixed an issue where the back-to-work command did not reliably send villagers back to the last task assigned. Yeah, villagers, if you put them into the town center and send them back to work, they would uh, just do whatever they wanted. Sometimes they would just stand. Sometimes they'd go to a random resource. Sometimes they would just walk across the map. Um, most of the time, they do basically nothing, and then you had to reassign them to wherever you wanted to go. Very frustrating bug we've been living with for feels like at least a month. Um, I think it might have got broken. I don't even know. It's been, I don't even know. But that's, you use that a lot. And uh, they finally have said they fixed that. I haven't done a lot of testing. I've kind of gotten used to it over the last month or so. But um, they definitely go back to work better than they used to. I can't say that it's a hundred percent fixed, but, um, but that's, that's feeling a lot better. Fix an issue where villagers, which were luring a boar, were walking needlessly in curved and zagged paths. Um, I have seen that and they do, the, the boar lures do seem to be a lot easier, a lot better now than they were before. So, uh, so that's been improved. There's still some pathing issues, but that one in particular is is fixed. Fix an issue where grouped units could turn immobile temporarily. I don't know that that's resolved. It's better than it was, but 
but I'm pretty sure I saw T90 playing yesterday, and he had some uh, some units that were just standing there. And I could see him actively trying to move them, and they, they weren't moving. I don't know what would cause that in the code, but uh, I, I can't say that that's fixed yet completely. Fixed an issue where monks could sometimes walk forward after a successful conversion. That was happening. As a big monk player myself, that was frustrating. Uh, you want to protect your monks. I've seen them. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't even know this was a bug. I just thought I maybe had misclicked. But yeah, I had a big group of monks, converted somebody. I think it was even a light cav. And then these, these monks just start walking into the enemy's light cab. That was obviously disastrous for me. Um, glad they fixed that one. Fixed an issue where range units would occasionally walk forward instead of shooting visible enemy units. Seen that as well. I play archers quite a bit. And uh, it's been very difficult to micro around. Uh, I've been able to do it, obviously, but it's, it's not been nice working with those. Fixed an issue where... Caravanaceries, I don't know, Caravanas, Caravanserize, 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 is that right? Yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this is some Indian stuff, Kajaros, Hindustani, I don't know who, I don't know the Civ that has this. Uh, anyway, these things unintentionally healed additional types of units rather than just trade carts. Um, I think they also... I saw this on another T90 video. Not only would these things heal other types of units, they would heal them a lot. They would increase their speed by a ton. And they would increase their attack speed by a ton. T90 had some camels that were just wearing out halbs. The halbs should have been winning hands down. These camels were beating the crap out of them and then zooming around. Boom, 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 boom. They, they literally couldn't be caught by any unit. Um, he did it partly abusively, partly... Uh, for the video, for the sake of the video, to document this crazy bug. So I don't uh, I don't knock him for it, but that was a terrible bug. They fixed that one pretty quick. <laughs> I think they fixed it like on the back end. Uh, they didn't, I don't even think they announced that they fixed that one. But yeah, these caravanis, caravanis, caravanseries, caravanseries, the caravan deals, they've, they got broken, and now they're supposed to be fixed. Another issue fixed where monks would sometimes not heal nearby units when they were idle. That was so frustrating. That's 90% of what I use monks for, you know? Make two or three. You're having a fight. After the fight, you pull your units back to the monks, let them heal up. Boom, boom. Now we're ready to go. You had to... I don't even know what I was doing manually. Manually healing really bad units, and then they probably wouldn't heal anything after that. So the monks got screwed up in multiple ways. Uh, I, I do think the healing is better. Another one I haven't paid a ton of attention to to see if it's 100% fixed, but my monks are healing now pretty reliably. So that's good. Just looking through the rest of the bugs. None of these really impacted me that much. Here's one where only up to four units were released upon the death of a unit they were garrisoned in. Example, Siege Tower. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's hilarious that you would lose units. Um, I also don't think that that's a terrible feature, right? Like if, if, I, if you're standing in a Siege Tower and it collapses on you, I don't think everyone's going to walk out of there alive, but... Whatever. Glad they're looking at that. Return of Rome has a lot of bug fixes. Um, yeah, nothing I'm going to call out. Nothing, nothing really impactful there. So, hot, hot fix, bug fixes on the way. I'm sure there's a lot more that need to be fixed. And there's a lot more that the devs are working on. But I'm glad they're getting those out there and getting things cleaned up. Oh, one that I didn't see mentioned there. Um, it may still be out there right now. Viper actually quit his stream early the other day because he ran into this bug and he just wasn't having it. 
I guess with addition to all the other bugs. But when you go to repair siege weapons, they repair super fast right now, like crazy fast. You can't out damage it. So I don't know if that's siege workshop stuff. I don't know if it includes trebs. I didn't see the stream. Um, but yeah, check check that out. If you got a mango or a ram going down, see how fast that's being repaired right now. You might be able to leverage that for a little bit until they resolve it. Anyway, next on our list, we're kind of zooming through here. I need to, need to take some time. Take some time and slow down as we get into Cody, King of the Desert 5. Am I the only one who's tired of this King of the Desert Arabia? I love Arabia. I hate this King of the Desert Arabia gen. Um, I can't be the only one who's struggling with this thing. This, the maps are way too open. The hills are way too close to the town center. You almost have to wall on the hills. If you don't, you're, you're walling downhill, you know, and then that's a problem because units are getting more damage when they're coming in. I don't know. It's just a very big pain. I I like that when we have major tournaments, the the devs are adopting those tournament gens for ranked play. You know, I I like that aspect, that kind of camaraderie. I like being able to watch the pros and then apply what they're doing, kind of in live in live time. But this map has been terrible. I'm ready for it to be gone. That being said, I've got some I've got some feedback on this tournament overall. And I want to see if you can catch it. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through I'm gonna walk through the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals. Okay. I won't do the round of sixteen. Quarterfinals. These are this is the best of seven set. Hera beat Vinchester four to two. Yo beat Tato four to one. Viper beat Vivi four to zero. MBL MBL beat Satal Sato Sato MBL beat Sato four to zip. So four to two, four to one, four no, four no. Semifinals, okay? These are the top four. Hera beat Yo 4-1. to one. Viper beat NBL 4-1. to one. Finals. First, we'll go to the third place match. That's technically in the finals. Uh, this is the best of five. Yo beat NBL 3-zip. to zip. And in the finals, if you guys watched it, if you didn't watch it, skip this because it's going to be a spoiler. We had Hera versus Viper. Classic matchup, two heavyweights, big time slugfest. Hera beat Viper, 5-0. and Did you see a pattern there? Go through it one more time without names. Quarterfinals to semifinals to finals. The results were 4-2, 4-1, 4-0, 4-0, 4-1, 4-1. Five to zero, and then a third place match, three and zero. None of those games. Only one, only one game in the quarterfinals. These best of sevens to best of nines. Only one set had the loser winning two games. Everybody else won one game or zero games out of seven out of nine. We had no four and threes. We had one four and two. Then we had a bunch of four and ones and four and O's. And if we go back, let me see if I can find King of the Desert five results or King of the Desert four. Because I looked this up as well. King of the Desert four finals. This was. Last year, Viper beat Vinchester in the finals five to two. Vinchester beat Leary in the semifinals four to one. 
Viper beat Jordan 4-1 to in semifinals. In the quarterfinals, was Leary over Sato 4-0, Winchester over Yo 4-1, Viper over Villes 4-1. Jordan and Tato actually had a 4-3. and And I remember that set. That was a good set. That was probably the best set of King of the Desert 4. So what am I saying? I don't know that this like one map for the whole tournament type thing is creating a good tournament. I don't I can't say that it is. I don't like seeing Viper go down five to zip over Hera. I don't think that's representative of Viper as a player. I don't think it's representative of the competitive scene. And it's just not fun to watch. I'm sure it was fun for Hera. And if you're a big Hera fanboy, I bet you had a lot of fun. But most of us don't like that. Most of us want to see a four and three set or a five and four set in a best of nine. Those are high, those are high emotional games. Those are things you get invested in. Like, oh man, really thought Hera had this. Viper's coming back. Even if it's Hera's up four zip and then Viper comes back to win four straight. You know, now we're looking at a reverse sweep. That's even a good set, you know? It doesn't have to be one and one, two and two, three and three, all the way through. But I think it's just this one map tournament. Hera obviously has some kind of an edge. All of them. They all had some kind of an edge on the other player on this one map. And even though we're trading out sieves, it's not the same sieve matchup every time. Their play styles are just completely countering the other one. Or, I don't know, their, ma- their macros a little bit tighter. Or their, their Arabia strategy is just a little bit better. NBL with his laming just completely schooled Sato. Sato used the laming to beat Leary in round of 16. But when Sato comes and tries to lame NBL, the master of laming, you just can't, you can't out-lame the lamer. Then NBL shows up against Viper, playing the lame game. Viper's not going to lose to something like that. Viper's too strong. Then Viper goes up against Hera. Hera dreams about Arabia in his sleep. Hera lives this on the ladder all year long. Not saying that Viper doesn't. Viper's kind of diversifying himself. He's playing some Black Forest. He's playing some uh, some more uh, mixed map sets. But not Hera. Hera's boom, 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 Arabia, day in, day out. Hera's the, Hera's the king of the desert. He's the king of Arabia, rightly so. But all of these guys are winning 4-0, 4-1, 4-2, 5-0 in the finals. Two two tournaments running now. Two straight years, King of the Desert. I just I just think as a design, I like the idea. I like the concept. I want to know who's better at Arabia. If I'm if you're gonna play me 1v1, I want to go to Arabia. I want to see who's who's best on the map of maps, you know? Even if it's a mixed tournament, if we're going Arabia, Arena, Mega Random, boom, boom, boom. I like to see that kind of a show match. But if that's what we're doing, I want to see Arabia from the get-go. Who's the best head-to-head, open map, who can play the game better? Then we'll start talking about who's got a better Arena build or who's got a better hybrid map build or who got luckier with the Mega Random gen. You know, who who picked the Civ right? Those are all above above the game you know, above the board type strategies. But Arabia, just head to head, nose to nose. Just smash mouth Age of Empires. And I like that. But I don't know that I like it for every map. I don't know. That's just me. I think Mem puts a lot of time into it. He's got a lot of of folks uh, that support him. And I don't want to knock on the tournament or the organization, the people. They got Microsoft sponsorship. 
but I might I might rethink the format. And we make King of the Desert a little bit different. Can the Arabia gens be can they be desert maps, you know, desert biomes, as they call it in Age of Empires Four. Can we have a desert biome? But slightly different gens. You know? Gold Gold Rush, I think, is usually and Golden Pit. Both of those are usually desert biomes. And we throw those in. Um Maybe no water, no water maps, no hybrid maps. Maybe a, a land madness or a land nomad with desert textures. Throw some camels in. Haboob is the desert map. Can we play that one in King of the Desert next year? Keep it, keep it in the theme of an open map. You know, we don't got to make it a closed map. We don't got to make it a, a, a desert gend, a desert textured arena. Haboob is pretty dang open. Can that be how we do King of the Desert? I don't know. Just for all the pomp and circumstance that is well-deserved by the tournament, the, the final product was a little bit of a letdown. That's just me. If you disagree, if you enjoyed it, let me know. Tell me in the Discord. Email me at lazero at uh, asapweekly.com. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's a real, it's not a real email address. That's, that's my thoughts on the tournament as a whole. Talking specifically about Hera, he just, he rocked. He rocked every set. The closest he got in the playoffs was Vinchester. Took two games off of him. Hera beating four to two. Um, looking at the group stage, Hera was six and two. So he lost two, four. He lost five total games for the entire tournament. Two in the group stage, two in the quarterfinals, one in the semis against Yo. That was it. Three old barrels, five old viper. Just, just took it, and he earned it, man. Hare has been so close in so many tournaments. Um, he's getting quite a few wins this year, tournament wise. And this was a big one. This, this was a lot of hard work. This wasn't overnight. This wasn't. Uh, he didn't luck into it. He, yo, viper. Two of the toughest players out there right now. If he wasn't playing Yo, he would have had to go through Tato. Um, he faced Jordan and ACCM in the group stage. Capoch, Dogal, you know, none of these folks, Vivi, none of these folks are uh, are easy players. So. Respect on Hera's name. He did nothing but dominate. The fact that the games weren't, the series wasn't fun to watch does not mean he didn't go in and just slaughter everybody <laughs> that showed up. Anybody that got in his way, Hera destroyed them. I respect it. Um, and to Viper's credit, prior to the finals, Viper did the same thing. Crushed MBL. He was having a crazy good tournament. 3-1 over Vales, um, 4-0 over Sato. Sato's a, an up-and-comer. Sato 3-0 Leary, and uh, Leary's traditionally pretty good on the open maps. You know, he's an archer player. Sato just smoked him. Um, yeah, Viper, good wins over NBL, good wins over Vivi. 3-2 um, and two over ACCM. Even Vivi, you know, Vivi had a great set against Nikov. Um, pretty sure Nikov was up two games to zip, and Vivi pulled off the reverse sweep. <laughs> the final set when Nikov lost, you could tell he just he shut his camera off. These guys had cams on the whole time, uh, which was nice to see. 
Cody pull that off. Uh, <laughs> just, it looked like he just ripped his camera out of his computer. He was done after after losing in a reverse sweep. So Vivi was on fire, and Viper Viper put him down 4-0. Um, so everybody had a good series individually. But this is a scenario where the sum of the parts is less than the parts themselves. I butchered that. So those, those are my thoughts uh, on Cody on King of the desert next year. I would really like to see some soul searching and switch up how this single map deal is going. That being said, we are in the middle of John Slow's uh, Masters of Arena. So that is another single map tournament. Uh, probably planned right off the heels of this as we're in the single map phase. I haven't watched a lot of it. I don't like Arena. I think it's a clown map. And I, just, I don't want to see a bunch of clowning. And that's what it is. And if you're not familiar with the term clowning, it's when you do something... Silly, that would not work in any other scenario. So you can play straight into your unique units on Arena if you want to. And that's mostly what you see. You see a lot of that. Um, you see some some trushing every once in a while. The trushing may or may not work. Depends on how the other guy responds. I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of Masters of Arena. I watched quite a bit of the last one, the one they did last year. And there were a few good games. The the other, as you're watch, if you're watching Masters of Arena, I'm pretty sure they start with a nineville start. So you can't even compare. You can't even take what they're doing, and and relate it to your own game. You can't find some new strategies on Arena, based on how Doubt's playing it or how Viper's playing it, because they've got a much better eco to start with. It does make the games faster. But it's not really applicable. They're getting 25 minute imp times with full booms. You know, a, a normal, to give you some numbers, a normal fast imp with Turks on Arena is 21, 21 minutes is a good fast imp time for Turks. And that's like 26 or 27 vils up to feudal. Uh, you make three to six vils. And then you click amp almost immediately. So that's what fast amp looks like is 21 minutes. And these folks are doing it with Masters of Arena in like 24, 25 minutes off the back of 70 vils. So we'll see what comes out of that tournament. I don't know that I'll mention it again on this podcast. I probably won't keep up with who even wins that thing. No offense. Again. Respect organizing organizing a tournament is not easy. So props to John Slow there, but uh not not my thing. Not what I want to watch. So finally we'll close it out with some thoughts on Return of Rome. Because I did not give them to you last time. I have played Return of Rome quite a bit. It is a, a marketed uh, improvement over Age of Empires 1 DE. Is that what it was called? I even uninstalled that Age of Empires 1 from my computer. There's no reason to, to even have that. Um, the formations are great. The villager pathing is much better. They kind of walk in a little bit of a formation or, you know, they kind of come together like Age 2 Vils. It's uh, it's within the Age of Empires 2 game. You just click a button, boom, you're over in Age 1. That's pretty pretty neat. Um, the game itself, while being more playable, is still kind of strange. Archers are very competitive. Archers are very, especially early, early in uh, the second and third ages, Archers and Slingers are very um, kind of overpowered, I think. There's there's not the same type of dodge micro you can do 
in age two. There's a little bit of that, but it's not as pronounced. So they're just high DPS units. Um, the resource gathering feels a little scattered or random. Like, I, I had the same critique for age four. The resources just come in at a super fast rate and and then compared to how you spend them and then sometimes they just stop like if you yeah, I don't know you run out of berries or half of your bills run out of gold it's it's just your spend rate versus your collect rate is just very strange and I, I think what I'm saying is they they collect a little too fast for me um and again, I'm just comparing straight to age. That's my baseline, age two. Stone as a resource in age one is is odd. You can only really spend it on walls, towers, and I believe slingers actually cost like five stone or something per slinger because they're throwing stone. I don't know. Um, so for us in age two, you know, once we kind of get your boom going, you you start gathering a lot of stone for stuff, mostly castles. So I'm in that same zone and I look over and I've got a thousand stone and it's got to drop towers all over the place. It's not a, it's not a bad idea. It's just not as aggressive as a castle would be. Um, trying to think of what other, what other units seems, seems strange or out of place. The opening's clunky. Starting with three vills. Um, I get a little bit of idle time that I don't like. So you kind of got to build a house, find your berries, drop your, your granary, and then get five or six on berries in order to keep vill production going. Um, sometimes I, if I can't find the berries in time, I might get a little bit of idle time. You then also have to drop another house. And then you have to start taking wood immediately because you're going to need a third house before you even get, um, I don't know where you drop off wood at. I forget what it's called. It's, it's not going to come to me. So you need a third house before you can get the hundred and something wood for a whatever, lumber camp slash mining camp slash hunt drop off thing. Um, so it's just awkward. You're taking stranglers and you're you're long hauling wood for no reason. Um, I feel like they could work that out a little better. They could keep, start you with a little more resource. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's not a true ranked mode. I think there's some kind of a lobby system where you can set the game to be ranked and you can gain or lose ELO based on the results. But... It's not a, a queue up. It's just who shows up to your ranked game, which is awkward. I guess you wouldn't lose a lot of ELO if they're way high above you, but it's also kind of a waste. And I don't think you can see their ELO, so you can always just say, no, I don't want to play you. But uh, a traditional ranked matchmaking would have been cool. I think we might have seen a few more players because there's, there's some prestige in that, you know, being number one ranked in age one. Um, in the Return of Rome or, or whatever we're calling this version. Age 1.5. I like that. Can we coin that? Can we coin Age 1.5? Talk to. Can you talk to somebody about that? 1.5. Yep. Uh, cop copyright it. I, I came up with that. Probably 90% sure. Yep. That was me. Okay. We'll get our lawyers looking look at that. Um, but overall, I like Return of Rome. I like that it's an age two. I like that it's on that engine. Um, my mods carry over, my visual mods, the pine trees, the uniform pine trees, some of my texture mods. What else? I don't remember if Idle Villager carries over. But I do think my I have my resources at the bottom and I got my map centered. I think all that carries over pretty as well. So makes it a pretty seamless 
experience to go back and forth. And I, I personally struggle playing different RTSs at the same time. Uh, I played age four for a couple of months. When I came back to age two, it just felt weird. Didn't work out. Um, the hotkeys were just a little bit different. Similar enough that I could make the transition if I needed to, but different enough to where one or the other was going to be inefficient. Um, age two and age one now basically feel like the exact same game, hotkey wise and everything else. I can just I can go play either one depending on how I'm feeling. So that helps. That helps break up some of the monotony. But overall, I uh, I like it. I think it was a good addition. I'm glad that I purchased it. Uh, Romans obviously are in age two, and they're working on some. Uh, they're working on some balance changes before they put them into ranked. I look forward to playing Romans in ranked. Here's a little note I'll leave you with. I heard it on Spirit of the Law. If you convert a Roman centurion um, and you're Japanese, your Japanese militia line will gain the centurion attack bonus. So you wind up getting like a 78% faster attacking champion or two-hander or whatever stage you're at. So that could be wild. I want to test that in uh, against the AI at some point and just see how crazy those Japanese swordsmen are with the Centurion. But if you play quick matches, quick match uh, is kind of uh, a pseudo-ranked set, but it's not actually ranked games. Um, there, There is a quick match ELO, but it's hidden from you. If you play quick match, you can play Romans online. Uh, you can play Romans in lobby games as well. But yeah, give that a shot. If you If you get a Centurion Japanese champion let me know i'd like to hear how that worked out and how much havoc he wrecked and with that i really got to get out of here i gotta i gotta get some more games in there's a uh kind of a tournament i'm in that will start up on the 17th of june so i've got a, a group stage to get into with that i gotta get some practice in i'm the, the cap of that is 1450 and I'm currently like 1425, so pretty uh, pretty heavily favored to to have a deep run in this tournament. I'm heavily favored anytime I sign up for a tournament, but this one in particular um, might have some legs to it. So looking forward to playing that. Got to get some practice in. Those of you guys who haven't played ranked, as always, I recommend you get out there, start taking some swings. If not... Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. I don't know that I'll be on the next episode. Like I said, Lazaro's talking campaigns. I kind of burned that bridge with him. Um, rightly so, I think. But uh, he, he might opt to leave me out of the next one. And I wouldn't blame him if he did. And I might even, might even thank him to not bring me into this campaign conversation. You guys be good. Play good, have some good games, have a good night.